top of the morning to you. This is Mel. Hola, this is Cam from DC. <laughs> You're calling into a radio show. <laughs> I've been is... watching a lot of Indian matchmaker, so it's always hi, this is Seema from Mumbai. <laughs> like, why does she always have to tell everybody where she's from? <laughs> Wait, is Seema is that the matchmaker? Yeah. Yes, I haven't. I gotta catch up. I haven't started season two yet. But um, this is Their Eyes Were Watching TV, a TV and film podcast. Today we are talking about the Jordan Peele film, Nope. So if you haven't, there will be some spoilers. So if you have not seen it yet uh, and you care about spoilers, maybe watch it first and come back and listen. (laughs) All right. I guess we're going to start with some news. What do you have this week, Val? (laughs) <laughs> so should i start with sad stuff first? Uh, here you go here you go every week like as soon as i like i heard like these people passed away i was like oh god cam's gonna like call me the angel of death again I so um yeah like several very sad uh celebrity icons passed away over the past uh week or week or so first bill russell who uh, is an nba legend played for the boston celtics and was also a very big uh civil rights activist um he passed away at 88 um also olivia newton john who um i think a lot of us love uh as sandy from greece uh passed away mm-hmm. she had unfortunately been battling cancer um on and off for several years um so that was you know pretty mm-hmm. pretty shocking and devastating um for her all of her fans mm-hmm. out there and it was a great john travolta uh <laughs> And um, random fact, Olivia Newton-John's husband is a UNC graduate. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what a come up, sir. <laughs> well, what do you mean come up? Like, like UNC is just trash. <laughs> I mean, not to say that. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> you went from UNC to marrying Olivia Newton-John. Like, that's, that's pretty awesome. Like. You've made it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yes, uh, his name is John Easterling. And I actually like looked him up probably like a decade ago because I saw a picture of them together. And he and he well, he had on a Carolina sweatshirt. And I was like, why is her husband wearing a UNC sweatshirt? And so uh, when I looked him up, uh, I believe he has a uh, environmental science degree from UNC. So, yeah. Wow. um and then um last but certainly not least michelle nichols um who is just like black hollywood icon who played uh lieutenant uh uhura on star trek on the original star trek passed away not only uh was she an actress but she was a huge or played a huge role in um you know positive black representation in media um, she was on Star Trek. Uh, I believe it premiered two or three years before Diane Carroll starred in Julia. So 
um, her role was very huge. And as a lot of us have heard the story, she was actually planning to quit Star Trek because she wanted to, you know, pursue some other interests. And Martin Luther King told her, absolutely not. Like, we need you on the show because what you Wait. represent is huge. The Martin Luther King? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, oh damn <laughs> okay maybe not <laughs> maybe not as many people have heard the story as i thought but <laughs> no <laughs> what <laughs> but yeah i mean like i said like you know this is before julia like this was very very early on so um yeah he she was at um I can't remember where she was at, but someone came up to her and was like, uh, a Star Trek fan wants to meet you. And it ended up being MLK. And, you know, she they started chatting and she was telling him that she was thinking about leaving. And that's when he was like, no, like, we need you on the show. Like, we need you on TV. Black children need to see you. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Also, uh, hate to add to this list, but Anne Heche also passed oh away gosh, from yeah. her injuries from a car accident. Uh, was it a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Uh, the, the accident. She recently passed away, I think this week. Yeah. Um, that's, that's crazy because she wasn't that old. And it was, no. you know, a head injury that ultimately uh, took her out. Yeah, she was only... Was she like 53 or 58? Somewhere in her 50s. Like, yeah, still quite young. And um, unfortunately, I heard that, you know, maybe uh, she had been, uh, you know, under the influence of something that Mm -hmm. caused the crash. So, um, but yeah, yeah, I wasn't super familiar with her and her life and everything. But from reading stuff, it seems like she had like a pretty tragic upbringing. So, yeah definitely definitely very sad Mm. well in lighter news i think maybe it was last episode you were talking about uh jen shaw the black news network (laughs) (laughs) no surprisingly we are not revisiting the black news network this week unless you got something for us i don't know no updates no updates <laughs> they are surprisingly making a lot of news <laughs> but uh jen shaw from real housewives of salt lake city i think you mentioned that she mm-hmm. had pled guilty so shocking i just assumed she would not be on the next season but she is uh, i believe currently filming for the upcoming season Oh yeah, uh, Andy, Andy's gonna film right until uh, they close <laughs> the gates on her, <laughs> until she walks into jail. Don't film it all, monetize it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, her uh, castmate Meredith Marks, who apparently went to Northwestern Law School, <laughs> <laughs> she she did say she was a lawyer. She did say that. Oh, did she? I guess I missed yes. that. I just thought she was she like say that. a designer. I totally missed that. Um, well, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying Meredith can't do it all. I'm not knocking her. I just, I did not realize that she had a legal background. <laughs> but so she just said, you know, she thinks it's a bit risky for Jid to be filming in the middle of a fraud case because like 
you know, anything you can say, like some little thing that could be used to get you, etc. You sure already played guilty, so (laughs) (laughs) were they going to put her under the jail? (laughs) Well, well, what Meredith said was whether you are guilty or not, it is so easy to say something that could be spun to incriminate you. Um, I just think it's kind of scary. I mean, I think it's really gutsy that she stayed on. I don't think I could do it. She's such a hero. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I don't think I could under those circumstances. She needs to pay her legal bills. What do you mean? (laughs) (laughs) This is at her job. Okay. Yeah, but I mean, I guess there could be a risk, though. Even though she pled guilty, like maybe she could say something that could like extend her sentence or make things worse. Child, she needs that check. Okay, her her primary business of scamming has dried up. This is all she got. Well, she better uh, keep them lips tight. I hope she reached out to Erica Jade or something. <laughs> but uh, your girl faces a maximum of thirty years in prison Ooh. and five years of supervised release. Um, however the plea agreement called for only 11 to 14 years Ooh, uh so still, a that's still yeah i was like Ooh, not no house arrest option yeah your kids <laughs> gonna be super grown by the time you're out house yeah. arrest she frauded uh old people out there social security checks no i'm just saying if it was me and i pled guilty i'd be like oh what can we is there anything we can negotiate <laughs> <laughs> some, com- some community served. time served time served <laughs> I was in there for like three hours <laughs> but apparently there was like a second count I guess of fraud against her and before that got mm-hmm. dropped she was facing 50 years so good god yeah yeah so she's she doing time time <laughs> right she was just frying her little heart out. <laughs> <laughs> so, ain't no half stepping when it comes to this new sitcom. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> what is this? Good times? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> um, do you know Terry J. Vaughn? The yeah. actress? Yes. So, Lavita. <laughs> yes, Lavita <laughs> from the Steve Harvey show. She is going to be directing um a new sitcom called Daddy's House, which is going to star Big Daddy Kane. Hence the ain't no half stepping reference. Oh, is this like a reality show? No, no, no. It's a sitcom. Oh. Yeah, so okay. he yeah. acts. I wasn't aware. Yeah, he's been in a few things. Like he was in um, I know he's in Posse. Um, <laughs> why is that funny how long ago did posse come out <laughs> I, you you asked me if he had acted you didn't put time parameters on <laughs> um and apparently he was made a cameo on a special or law and order svu a few years ago so so yeah big daddy apparently a meteor man too yeah not i have not seen that in decades but um yeah the show um he's gonna be the star uh his character is a um divorced uh like radio personality dj from new york 
and Terry Javon is going to play his ex-wife. So he ends up uh, moving to Atlanta after um, opening a restaurant down there. So just kind of as I guess he's getting to the groove of uh, his owning the restaurant and being in a new city, his two teenage daughters uh, move in with him. So it's going to be about, I guess, him adjusting as uh, an active father. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> okay. I mean... <laughs> I mean, these are your teenage daughters, but from the way it sounds, like, I guess, like, they never lived with him full time. So he's just going to have to adjust to, like, being, like, a full time parent, I guess. Kind of like, uh, what was that, one on one? Oh, yeah. Like, Flex was kind of like part time dad. And then the mom moved to Alaska and he's full time dad. (laughs) Forgot she had moved to Alaska. That is ridiculous. Oh, black people can't move to Alaska. I had a cousin that just moved to Alaska. Like, are they in the military? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds right. <laughs> so, Garcelle Bouvet from uh, another WB connection, Steve Harvey show, I believe it used to come on right Jamie after. Fox. Yeah, but I'm saying I believe Steve oh. Harvey used to come on right after the J.B. Fox show or either right yeah. before, something like that. But anyways, so Garcelle Bouvet, Jamie Fox show, also currently on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's going to be coming out with uh, a memoir um, that she's mentioned on the show. And uh, a couple episodes ago, um, she was having dinner with Dorit and she touched on an experience that she had with Bill Cosby. When she was, uh, you know, very Ooh. young, yeah, Ooh. a very oh. young up and coming actress. She kind of um, went into a little more detail when she was chatting with Andy Cohen on his Sirius XM radio show. And basically, like, someone from her, I believe, like, management um, or talent agency, whatever, reached out <clears throat> and said that Bill Cosby has seen you around. He thinks you would be great for the show. And he, you know, would like your phone number. And she was like, you know, this is like America's dad. Like, yes, absolutely. I would I would love to chat with him. Mm-hmm. So he called her like almost immediately after. And he was like, uh, you know, I'm going to offer you a small part, but I also think education is really important. And Garcelle said she thought it was weird like he just kept like pushing education like really hard so she did end up being on the show briefly uh as a nurse just you know a little walk on roll but I think uh sometime after that he invited her over to his home and was like you know I want to talk about your career and just kind of like basically try to make it sound like he was going to be a mentor for her Mm -hmm. and so she I think she was like 18 or 19 like she was not 21 yet and he gave her gave her a drink and she said you know she started feeling lightheaded and after just you know taking one sip and so she was like something in my gut was like I have got to get out of here so she said she like ran out and got into a cab and went home and uh, yeah and she said she never heard from him again so like when all the allegations, you know, started coming out from, you know, women who had had, um, you know, these terrible experiences with him, she said she didn't want to, I guess kind of didn't want to 
to make it seem like she was jumping on the bandwagon or taking attention away from you know women who um you know had unfortunately like been assaulted by him and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um so she said she wanted to wait until now um or you know wait till she put out her own book to discuss it further monetize it see now why you gotta go negative it's her story to monetize but we're gonna talk about uh that when we talk about nope it's a good tie-in okay well i mean i think obviously the book is i mean the whole her entire life is being monetized but yeah i i think it's good that she is sharing that story this is like really small and random and i don't have much to say about it but taylor lautner is engaged and uh, it's (laughs) to uh, a woman named taylor oh god (laughs) (laughs) but i just thought it was really funny because wait they're literally gonna have the same name taylor lautner oh god and she said like she's going to take his last name so yeah they're both gonna be taylor lautner but i just thought it was funny because you know uh maybe a decade or so plus ago he dated taylor swift so (laughs) i just thought it was interesting that he's with another girl taylor Ooh, how many (laughs) tay-tays so you know my favorite musical is chicago i didn't but okay (laughs) love that you pay attention to me uh (laughs) mine is stormy weather so well i don't think stormy weather was on broadway was it no but it was a black one (laughs) (laughs) i wish y'all could see how like cam is shaking her head like (laughs) literally sticking her nose up at me right now i'm talking about broadway musicals not film musicals (laughs) excuse me all right carmen the black one wait was that on broadway i don't know joe no girl you get out of here anyways <laughs> so um yes chicago was made into a movie that starred Catherine zeta jones as velma kelly and uh renee zellweger as roxy hart and angelica ross from pose is going to be making her broadway debut as roxy hart beginning on september 12th and she is going to be the first openly trans woman to play Roxy Hart. Who is Angelica? She is that was, Angel? No, not Angel. Oh, what's her name? Uh, the one, uh, I mean, sorry, spoiler if you haven't watched Pose, but the one who was like murdered, uh, Candy. Oh, oh, Candy, wow. Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't have, okay, all right yeah so um she's in very good company other uh ladies who have played roxy hart include pamela anderson christy brinkley mary lou henner uh jasmine guy brooke shields <laughs> lisa renna <laughs> they bring in all the 90s girls <laughs> <laughs> so yeah um and, oh and duh oh my god brandy actually i saw brandy play roxy. Oh. yeah came to dc i saw brandy player she was very good so yeah very very excited for angelica okay and the last thing i have is james franco has been cast as fidel castro in a movie so (laughs) 
<laughs> see it is called <laughs> alina of cuba and it is about fidel castro's illegitimate daughter alina um who i guess grew up and disagreed with like a lot of his you know politics and how he ran things basically so john leguizamo is not happy about this and on instagram he said quote how is this still going on how is hollywood excluding us but stealing our narratives as well no more appropriation hollywood and streamers boycott this is effed up plus seriously difficult story to tell without oh it's a big word without (laughs) aggrandizement which oh somebody has to help us out with that one which would be wrong (laughs) i don't got a problem with franco but he ain't latino which he is in fact not so i see where john is coming from yeah i can't believe in 2022 we're still doing this yeah hollywood hasn't been appropriately shamed (laughs) yet yeah this is this is a surprising choice i mean also like I don't know for James Franco like you know he's had some you know controversy over the last several years so seems like you like would not want to pick a controversial role I mean controversy also sells yeah I mean I guess so but you know was I don't know Oscar Isaac or somebody busy like is he Latino yeah he's He's Honduran or Salvadorian, I believe. Really? Yeah. I want to give him like Spaniard. Because <laughs> his name is, his full name is Oscar Isaac Hernandez Estrada. Uh, oh. And he whitefied his name. Um, oh. Well, I mean, he shortened it, but I mean, yeah. And I'm so sorry. He is neither Honduran <laughs> nor Salvadorian. He is Guatemalan. Yeah, still, still, he's. He's a Latinx person, at least. Oh, and actually, okay, so he was born in Guatemala, um, and his mom is Guatemalan, but his father is actually Cuban. So, like, he mm. really would have been, like, a good pick. Yeah, player. and better actor. Well. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that is all I have for news. Okay. Well, my news is pretty short. Um, did you see that our girl, Miss Shea Coulee? has been cast in a marvel series yes and i'm thrilled the first drag queen to ever be in a marvel you know cinematic universe uh series uh we don't know what her role is yet but she's going to be in the new iron heart series which is i think actually starring like a black female main character Mm -hmm. um who is you know, basically, I think she, like, makes Iron Man's suit or, like, does something to Iron Man's suit. And she becomes the next Iron Man. So She's, I like, am, a teenager, right? Or something? I think so. Yeah. I'm interested to see what Shay, how does she get looped into this, you know? I'm, I'm curious. They haven't really released a whole lot of details. But congrats to our Chicago sis. Yeah. And I, I was reading about this. And there's like a character, I don't remember the name, but I think that it's a character, it's like a Marvel character, I think in Ironheart, and she's like a drag queen, and Hmm. apparently the creators of the character designed her off of Shay 
I think Monet exchange and then Dax exclamation point wow throwback yeah <laughs> Dax. <laughs> and so and I think maybe Dax was like the primary like uh wow. person like she was modeled off of so yeah why so- not cast Dax yeah, that's what people are saying. Like, why did you go? But like I said, Shay was included apparently in the, you know, the vision board for this character. So um, th- that's why people are thinking that uh, she might be playing that character. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Damn, it kind of sucks for Dax, but. Because <laughs> I, I, I haven't seen Dax since the show. No, yeah. no. And she wasn't that great on the show, so. Um, I guess she had the she had the right look. I guess for Marvel. Yeah, I mean she was she was a cosplay queen. So yeah, all right. So we've got a release date for the new Joker movie called uh, Folie Adieu, which uh, translate in French to something about mental illness and like two people sharing. What? <laughs> Yeah, yes. Wait, <laughs> also, so is the new Joker movie all from say, or is that just the title? That's just the title at the moment. It is also supposed to be mostly a musical, which. Uh, oh, that's where you lose me. I would have read subtitles. I don't want to see a Joker musical. Right. And it's starring Lady Gaga. So I don't know if she's going to be Harley Quinn or what, but. And is this Joaquin Phoenix again? Yes, Joaquin is reprising his role. Can and uh, time will tell. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe they have a a, a dub. <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. You know how like Jason Weaver was uh, Simba's <laughs> boy? Yes. Jonathan Jonathan Thomas. Yes, yeah. So, maybe it's that, you know. Which side note, did you hear how that happened? No. So they had signed Jason just to sing, I believe. And then they hired Jonathan to be the voice. But then like once they, I guess, heard Jonathan read or that, or they heard Jason read, they were like, oh man, like if we had known, like we would have given you like both parts or whatever. But they had already hired JTT. So. <laughs> now I do remember... I think he talked about this where he said his parents were really smart that he took less money up front for the role and instead like yeah. ended up getting, I think, royalties on the back end. So he's making money for the yeah. rest of his life off Lion King. So yeah. good for his parents. Don't know if JTT is doing the same. <laughs> I was in love with JTT. He was like, Who he was, wasn't? He was Who my wasn't? first celebrity crush. Oh, you were too? Who wasn't? I mean, he was adorable. He was so cute. <laughs> so cute (laughs) um let's see i am pretty happy about this because i have not wanted to bite the bullet and pay for discovery plus discovery plus and hbo max are merging (laughs) into one streaming service so confused about this you know they were trying to say that it's supposed to I guess a lot of these streaming services have been losing viewers and like subscribers. So they have a goal to, I think it reached like 130 million subscribers by like 2025 or something. So they think by acquiring Disney plus and I guess 
tackling their audience. It's going to help them get to that dollar amount. Mm. They also said they weren't going to continue to release movies like directly to streaming services. No. Yeah, they said we ain't making enough money off of that. So (laughs) they're going to, you know, put it in film version first and then kind of how it was previously. It'll eventually make its way back to HBO. But it's nice and excited. Yeah, right. You know, honestly, HBO ain't put out nothing good this year as far as as far as um, movies, you know, directly to the streaming platform, in my opinion. I'm so, I'm behind, but like I still I need to watch the Batman. I haven't watched that. They put that out. Yeah, I fell asleep on it. <laughs> I still um, need to finish it. It wasn't that good. <laughs> so like, is it going to be like rap shit and like 90 Day Fiance all same all at once all at once wow well i'm kind of glad because he's like as long as we don't lose content you know outside Mm. of like new movies like that's whatever but um these streaming platforms are getting out of control so i'm kind of glad like they're having to consolidate oh also so as long as these prices don't go up because um oh that's a good point I'm not trying to pay more for this. HBO, your content has been lacking. (laughs) So don't jack up your prices, but I'm sure they will. I didn't think about that. Yeah. Sure they will. Um, and then the last bit of news I have is I don't I don't know if you uh followed this gentleman. Um, he rose to fame via TikTok in the early height of the pandemic in 2020. Uh, his name is Nathan Apadaka, and he was the guy who would be <laughs> on a skateboard drinking ocean spray, cranberry juice, and <gasps> dog you know, face. Vi- yes, vibing out to uh, Fleetwood Mac dreams. Yeah, I never knew his name, but yeah, I follow him on Instagram. But it is not dog face. It is. <laughs> well, I mean, that's that's his Instagram I- name. I'm not calling him a dog. (laughs) I know. Well, he has crossed over from, you know, just riding skateboards on the gram to acting. Oh, nice. He is now in the new, or it's not a new show, it's been out. I think this is the second season of Reservation Dogs, which is a show by Taika Waititi, Um, you know, Rita Ora's fiance. (laughs) I think now husband. Oh, they got married. Okay. Did they get? I don't know if it's confirmed. Maybe it's just like uh, possible they may have. I can't remember. They're a cute couple, but Taika is much more well known than Rita. He directed the last two <laughs> Thor films. He is a you know comedic actor and writer. He's done a lot of great things, but he has now put your boy on, who also happens. So I don't know if you guys have seen Reservation dogs it's about indians or native americans um who live on the reservation and our boy Dogface is actually his mother is native american so he has a role like a recurring role as one of the uncles on the show nice if i remember yeah. correctly like i think he i can't remember like when he first put that video up if he was like homeless or like oh i remember oh. him like talking about like yeah he was like struggling like when he put that video up but yeah i'm so glad like because i know he has like 
he started like a like clothing and like apparel company and yeah i'm yeah. just man Doing like he, yeah he just seems like such good vibes so i'm very happy for him yeah yeah that is all i've got for news i guess we can wrap this section up and move right along into the meat and potatoes of our show <laughs> where we are talking about nope the latest film by jordan peele starring uh one miss kiki palmer as emerald haywood daniel kaluuya as oj haywood Stephen yoon as what's his name ricky or jupe uh ricky jupe park and uh newcomer at least to me brandon perea as angel torres the uh lovable tech salesman <laughs> from fry's electronics <laughs> so they're the they're kind of the main characters and nope is it's a little different than some of the other films that jordan has put out um in that it's it's less i guess scary or not i didn't think his movies previously were scary but i feel like it had less um what's the word i'm looking for like uh not jump scares but you know when they're like "Ah!" oh yeah i to me us is the scariest jordan peele film like oh yeah it's creepy yeah creepy and get out was not scary at all to me i agree it was more funny than anything (laughs) i feel like it's funny i feel like i get that reaction from black women like we're all like "Eh, went home and slept like a baby it was fine (laughs) (laughs) were were black men scared (laughs) i think so because like yeah whatever i won't elaborate on that but yeah i feel like it was uh, (laughs) it was uh, probably a little scarier to them and uh maybe you know other uh other non-black people as well yeah for black women uh, i told you so (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't gonna say it but (laughs) (laughs) can't use your comb (laughs) don't you bring her home (laughs) disclaimer these are just a joke it's an old saying (laughs) So this film, uh, we see the the Haywood Hollywood. What is the name of their business? Oh, Haywood's Hollywood Horses. Thank you, Haywood's mm-hmm. Hollywood Horses. We see this family uh, kind of manage their ranch and the weird phenomenon that ends up happening at their ranch. It starts, unfortunately, with the passing of their father through a freak accident. He is hit with a uh, nickel uh, from the sky. That ultimately, you know, he succumbs to that injury. And we see his two children, OJ and Emerald, uh, try to take on the family business and keep the legacy going. We find out that their great, great, great grandfather was the jockey that you see in the first ever motion picture, which is a Black man who's a Bahamian man on a horse who history has completely forgotten. We know the name of the horse, Annie G. We know the name of the actual uh, cinematographer. What is his name? Edward Uh, Moybridge? Moybridge? Moybridge, I think. 
But the black man goes unnamed by history. And that is a true occurrence that happens. But what is kind of a, you know, poetic license is that he is <laughs> the great, great grandfather of the Haywoods. So they have been horse trainers for, you know, decades and they are trying to keep the legacy alive after their father passes. And what happens is they start having these weird occurrences on their horse ranch. Um, horses are being sucked up into the sky by what they thought was a UFO uh, on an unidentified foreign object, which I didn't know we had switched the terminology to UAPs. <laughs> when did that happen? Well, according to the movie, your boy, uh, what's his name in the movie? Angel. He says that whenever the government, I think it was last year when they released uh, all that declassified information on UFOs, that's when oh, they switched yeah. the, the terminology and names to like, I guess, throw people off and, you know, yeah. if you believe in conspiracy theories. And also just for the audience, Cam saw this movie last night. I saw it like two weeks ago. So <laughs> <laughs> my memory's not quite as good on it. So in the film, you know, these weird things start happening. There is a neighboring ranch that the farm isn't quite in competition with, but they have a little bit of, you know, healthy rivalry between the two. And that farm is run by Stephen Yoon's character, uh, Ricky Jupe Park. And Ricky Jupe Park, we're just going to call him Jupiter because that's what his character he is most known for. He was a child actor who happened to be on a show that was uh, cut very short due to a freak chimpanzee attack that we see. That's the opening of the movie is you see this, um, this chimp kind of standing over what appears to be a dead body. He's bloodied. Um, you don't really know at the time what it is. Uh, but come to find out, uh, that was the show that he was on and he took some memorabilia and nostalgia from the set and he runs a ranch where he kind of uh, sells access to that show and what happened. People are really, you know, mystified by what happened and how he was the lone survivor of the attack. And well, no, remember one of his characters got attacked, but she survived. That's true. That's true. I forgot. Uh, she showed up. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was a bad scene. day to show up, but yeah. Ooh, terrible, terrible day. <laughs> <laughs> but um, essentially we're seeing kind of everybody harness the energy of this UFO, um, which turns out to be not a UFO, but actually uh, some type of, we don't know, alien being or primitive animal <laughs> that has made its way to Earth. And is wreaking havoc. But we see the Hayworth uh, family. They the are the Hayworth? That's not what? Hayworth. <laughs> He's like, that's a different family. They're down the street. <laughs> ah, the Haywoods <laughs> are. Um, they are, once they discover the UFO, they are trying to get the impossible shot. They have kind of lived under the guise of Hollywood, ignoring their grandfather and his legacy and his contribution to, you know, film history and culture. And they want to be able to get 
the shot of the alien. They think that's the best way to like capture him and to monetize him in order to make money for the farm. They are struggling, or sorry, the ranch. They are struggling since their father has passed. He was kind of the face and the charisma of their business, and they are really struggling to keep that up. And also, I just want to note uh, the dad played by the fantastic Keith David. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was it? That was all right. <laughs> <laughs> I just hadn't said his name yet, so I just wanted to give him his little <laughs> shout out real quick. Yes, he's so, he is such a like brief scene in the movie. I wish we had gotten a little more of Same. him. He's such a great actor. Yeah. But he's definitely, even though he's not physically present, his presence is felt throughout the whole film. <laughs> okay, Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Were, Were you present? Or present? So I don't want to give too much of the film away for people that haven't seen it, but it's a it it's such an interesting film in that it deals with so many interesting topics that are very relevant to kind of the state of media and social media today. So the kind of two biggest themes that it deals with are spectacle and exploitation. And the the movie starts with a Bible verse, which I feel like a terrible Christian because I had never heard of this book of the Bible. I was like, this got to be in the Quran, the Torah. (laughs) Wait, what was the book? I don't remember. It was uh, Nahum. Nahum? Nahum. That's not the Bible. It is. Yes, it is. Is there a new Bible? <laughs> it is in the Old Testament between uh, what is it, Jonah and Zebediah or Zenaniah, one of them Z's. There's actually it is a, a very... book called Nahum. Yes, <laughs> yes. I had to look it up as well. I had never heard of it. I thought it was you know those like chapters of the Bible that they just like decided to keep out. Like eh, we're not going. <laughs> <laughs> right. That that's what I thought it was, but it's real. And this isn't like a different name for another book that's like used in the Torah or something. Nope. <laughs> well, that's I don't feel that bad because you've been in a place of worship more recently than I have, so <laughs> but that's all you. <laughs> yep. So Nahum, the the and I have no idea if I'm saying that correctly, y'all. So forgive my hebrew (laughs) (laughs) nahum uh chapter three verse six i will cast abominable filth upon you make you vile and make you a spectacle and that's the Mm. kind of opening of the movie and then we see the scene with gordy the chimp and his aftermath of his kind of melee (laughs) <laughs> I, don't, I don't know do you call it a mask i'm sorry melee it just it made me think of the uh when urkel told i harriet oh you would have a melee <laughs> <laughs> sorry <laughs> i don't i don't know why you connected those two things because i just i had just i was recently editing that old episode that I'm uploading like in between <laughs> weeks and you had mentioned that story and I was cracking up. <laughs> so sorry. That's why. <laughs> well, 
to give some context for the Bible verse, um, Nahum was lamenting about this city um, in the Assyrian Empire called Nineveh. And Nineveh is, as described by the Bible, a place that chews people up and spits them out, much like Hollywood. So it's a, you really start the movie off with this like really strong, obscure <laughs> reference that <laughs> informs the entire movie. And How do you even find that? Ciao. <laughs> Somebody must be prayed up. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> I have no idea because I've never heard of this before in my life. <laughs> so the film is broken up into chapters that are all named after the various animals in the film. So we've got Ghost, which is the white horse that we first see um, his father riding and unfortunately passes away while he's on or gets injured while he's on the horse and ultimately passes away. Ghost is also the first um, animal or thing that we see the UFO take. He kind of does like a cyclone and sucks it up into the sky. The next is Clover, who is a fake horse (laughs) that the Haywoods steal from the uh, Jupiter Ranch. And he's kind of a decoy horse to try and lure the UFO so that they can get their money shot. The next chapter is Gordy, who is the famed chimp that we see in the beginning, who is connected to Jupiter. Uh, The next is Lucky, which is a very lucky dark horse that is one of the few horses and animals that survives (laughs) in this movie. And then lastly, the last chapter is Jean Jacket, which is named after a horse that is really special and near and dear to Emerald and OJ's heart. But that is the name that they had given the UFO. Wait, so sorry, was was uh, Lucky the one that OJ sold to Jupe? Or is that... Yes. Okay, okay. Yeah. So he sold him to Jupe and there's this scene... Um, once we get into the the conversation about spectacle and exploitation, mm-hmm. essentially, uh, Jupiter, he has this like near death experience. He is on this show where Gordy attacks um, the cast members after a balloon pops. He kind of you know he's an animal, so he reacts to you know sudden movements and loud noises, and he unfortunately ends up killing some of the cast members and there is a scene where he for some reason doesn't kill Jupiter he instead walks up to him and tries to give him a bloody fist bump (laughs) and um, it's interesting because Jupiter's character when he's kind of recanting the story of what happened First of all, he tells it, instead of telling it directly, he relates it to a Saturday Night Live sketch (laughs) where Chris Kattan plays a a monkey who kind of loses his his shit. Um, But he says, you know, we had the first exploding fist bump. And why he calls it exploding is because as him and the monkey are fist bumping, someone shoots the monkey and blood literally explodes like all over him 
Well, I think that was actually a double entendre because um, they, this is really weird. I don't know where this footage came from because I'm almost positive it was not in the movie. But I was watching some YouTube videos to like refresh uh, my memory on the film. And there were like clips that looked like the opening theme song of the show. And I don't remember seeing that in the movie, but like uh, there's at the end of like the theme song, um, the little like little boy Jupe and Gordy, they're like looking through a telescope and mm-hmm. then they fist bump and then open their hand. So I think mm-hmm. that was like their little gimmick on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Then it just had even more meaning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I missed that little tidbit. When he mentioned the SNL skit, I don't know, my because of the way that Gordy's home looked, like it looked like a late 80s, early 90s show to me. Mm-hmm. But based on what I assume Jupe's age would be, like it more likely would have been in like the mid to late 90s. But anyways, when he started talking about the SNL skit, I was thinking like early 90s. But then he was like Sherry O'Terry, Anna Gasteyer, Daryl Hammond. And I was like, oh, this is late 90s, early 2000s. Like, this is when I really started getting into Saturday Night Live. Mm. And so I was like, I know Chris Kattan pay- played the monkey. Like, there's nobody else <laughs> who could have played him. And then he said Chris Kattan was Gordy. I was like, perfect, because Chris Kattan played this character named Mr. Peepers on Saturday Night Live. Have you ever mm-hmm. seen Mr. Peepers? No, but that is the connection to gordy yes um so the real life saturday night live character mr peepers was chris Catan in these little like red short overall things and he was based i think he was supposed to be like kind of like a missing link between like primates and humans and he so he would like you know move around like a monkey and then like um he would like take like a fruit or like take an apple and he would like eat it really really fast like how like a monkey would and like just like make a mess and jump around and like hunt people's legs and like all that kind of stuff so I just that was like a brilliant tie-in also they mentioned that they kept mentioning Scorpion King the like uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson movie from like 2000 or 2001 so um funny enough which apparently like somehow ruined emerald and otis senior's relationship because i think he chose the scorpion king over her or something but um on an episode of saturday night live uh the rock played uh mr peeper's dad on an episode yeah uh he papa peepers yes interesting yeah so i thought that was (laughs) like brilliant tie-ins like all around yeah, Jordan Peele be doing his research, man. I, yeah. I really love how he infuses like a little bit of history and like actual pop culture into kind of the backstory of a lot of his films, mm-hmm. or at least the last two. So uh, Ricky has this really kind of life-changing event that he doesn't quite understand why he was spared by Gordy. He seems to think that Gordy maybe respected him or like valued him more than others so he has this ranch where he discovers this ufo that's kind of been hanging out um and he tries to 
essentially wrangle the UFO to be a part of his show that he puts on at the ranch. And that's where Lucky comes in. So Ricky has been buying horses from the Haywood. Haywood, right? Not Hayworth. Yep, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> He's been buying horses kind of pretty regularly from the Haywood family. And they don't know what's happening to them. It's because Ricky has been sacrificing them to <laughs> this UFO. Trying to figure out, like, how can I... How could I control this thing in order for it to be monetized and be a spectacle to the people that come to his amusement park? And there's a scene where he like times it. He knows the time. He comes at like 613. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the horse kind of hanging out there for people to see. And lo and behold, the UFO comes before 613 and he ends up actually consuming all the people that are in attendance at this event and leaving the horse alone which is probably kind of shocking and yeah i'm glad lucky made it out yeah <laughs> did you oh sorry i was, Go ahead. I was gonna say maybe the alien figured out people were tastier than horses or something <laughs> well we kind of find out that the alien really re- reacts to like people watching it people looking at oh it. yeah that's right so if the horse isn't actually looking at it, it's not viewed as a threat by this entity. Also, did you notice that no Black people died in this movie? And no, no dark horses died in this movie. I did not think about that. So the horses that died, wow. Ghost, Ghost was a white horse. Clover was a white fake horse. <laughs> And then most of the people that it killed, like, directly were the spectators at uh, Ricky's ranch, who were all white people, mm. with the exception of Ricky, who was right. Asian. And I think it got his kids, too. It did. It did. Yeah. Another horse who was not taken, Renee. Who's Renee? <laughs> <laughs> the horse that Beyonce's on on the cover of Renaissance. sorry i had to but uh as soon as oj figured out that he should not make eye contact with um the alien i immediately thought of how you know back in the day like black people were not supposed to make eye contact Mm -hmm. with white people um Mm -hmm. like when they were walking on the street and all that kind of stuff so you i i did not pick up on uh, no black people or dark horses dying. So that's, yeah. With that's the exception funny. of their father, but he wasn't directly killed by the UFO. Yeah, he, he was wasn't casualty. sucked up by it. Yeah. All right, he was a casualty of it. And when I initially watched the movie, I was like, okay, there, there, there is some parallel between the animals in this movie and black people. And I think it plays to like Hollywood exploitation, how mm. black people at one point were, you know, pretty much the unsung heroes. We were in the first ever motion picture. Right. And nobody knows our name. We right. were, you know, behind the scenes. We were the help. We were the lesser known characters who didn't get the recognition that they deserved and weren't even allowed to be, um, you know, in larger roles mm-hmm. in the same way that, you know, there were often overlooked in the same way that we don't even pay attention to like animal actors Mm -hmm. 
you know, in that scene where OJ is on set and he is, you know, doing that, uh, the safety protocol mm-hmm. with the animals, no one is taking it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just like, okay, you know, cool. It's a horse. Right. Like, completely forgetting that, like, this is a wild animal who is yeah. reactive. Yeah. So I, again, I was watching like YouTube videos um, to refresh my memory and, oh man, I cannot remember which video it was. If I find it, I'll like tweet it. But um, someone was saying that another reason maybe why, well, one, like when Gordy went crazy um, and there were like multiple chimps playing Gordy, but this one happened to go crazy. Jupe like got uh kind of mesmerized it was like a shoe that was just Mm -hmm. like standing straight up Mm -hmm. and so they were like you know he didn't make eye contact with uh gordy Mm -hmm. so like maybe that was part of the reason he didn't get attacked but also um his character like they were both kind of uh well jute was like a token character and both of their characters were kind of like i guess others and like you were saying earlier, the uh, Bible verse, like kind of spectacles, mm-hmm. like on the show. So that might have been another reason why Gordy didn't um, kill him, because like he felt like you're being treated differently, too. Mm. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I found myself asking, like, why? Why didn't he kill Ricky? Yeah. And I hadn't taken into account that he wasn't looking at him. I was also wondering, why is that shoe standing straight up? (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I think, like, I kept waiting for, like, okay, so, like, how does this connect back to Gordy? Like, is is Gordy controlling it? Like, (laughs) like, what's, like... Right. And I think it was more just uh, kind of the parallels. So Jordan Peele said he was inspired by King Kong and Jurassic Park when he made this movie. Oh, I definitely see Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. So it's kind of the the cautionary tale of spectacles and exploitation. Like we are we are taking these things that were once wild and predators to us mm-hmm. and trying to cage them, monetize them and have people kind of gawk in awe at them. And then what happens when they actually turn into their uh what do you call it natural selves their yeah. predators yeah when that animal instinct, instincts when that kicks in what happens it causes mm-hmm. you know death destruction and it's kind of the the consequence of trying to uh cage these animals and make them something that they're not yeah. uh I'd, so go ahead i was just gonna say like i <laughs> When I, when I was watching it, I was like, this is, see, I don't fuck with no monkeys. I don't, <laughs> monkeys freak, and like, I don't know, the, like monkeys, primates, it's all the same to me. Like apes, whatever. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And they <laughs> freak me out because like, they're not just like- Really, yes, why? Because they're not just like wild animals. Like, you know, like people, people train, you know, people have bears and like, they might feel like they can train a bear or a tiger, you know, like Siegfried and Roy. And, you know, like they, they'll hug a tiger mm-hmm. or a bear. But, you know, like I feel like there's always like some level, some people might get too close. But I feel like there's always kind of like this thing in your head of like, 
I still have to be careful because like this is a very wild animal who could turn at any point. But I think people get too comfortable with monkeys yeah. because monkeys are too human-like. And I don't like that shit. Like, I don't, like, like, I don't like, they can like, you can teach them how to like sign language and like, uh-huh. also stop making I mean, monkeys smart. We did evolve. We did evolve from them. Right. But, that's, but, <laughs> but, but people keep like, oh, I could like, I taught this like chimp how to like sign language or like this like gorilla can like I don't know code like stop making them smarter like this is how like Planet <laughs> of the Apes started like we I don't know it, it's 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 like it, it's like people forget like people start treating them like they're like you know a cocker spaniel and it's yep. like and, and 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 monkeys like even like chimps and shit like they have like they're ridiculously strong like I don't I don't want one near me like they've oh they freak me out so you bring thank you because that is essentially (laughs) the point of the movie in that we get so caught up in the spectacle of like watching animals at a zoo that Mm -hmm. we we get so caught up and want to get so close to them that people hop the fence and then get shocked when they get attacked by the animal (laughs) It's, it's that people you know tv and films start to inform our reality and people Mm -hmm. often forget that what you're watching and what you're viewing isn't real that you know if you were to do this stuff in real life like jackass you're gonna hurt yourself exactly yeah (laughs) exactly so it's like the cautionary tale and the bible verse that spectacle is bad that it becomes an addiction that you're you're chasing that feeling you are chasing the money that comes from you know, being a spectacle, I found myself asking during the movie, like, why are OJ and Emerald trying to make money off of this? Like, why was that their first thought to like get the impossible Oprah shot? Why wasn't it? Let me like save, <laughs> let me like try to save some people so that other people don't get harmed, or let me uh, exact revenge on this animal that killed my father. For me, I was just like, because the whole movie is like, you know, nope. And you hear people saying it throughout. And like, I can't remember, like, early on something happened and um, or OJ is like, nope. And like, walks back into the house or something. And I'm like, no, no, if this was really nope, you would have gotten in your car and left. Because my black ass would have been, as soon as like the shit happened uh, with my dad, I would have been mm-hmm. gone. Like you, like, you ain't got to tell me twice. <laughs> like so it's not really no because y'all sit up here playing games yeah yeah i do love those points in the movie that was when um that was like the one only jump scare when uh ricky's kids showed up because <laughs> yeah. what clover clover the second chapter the horse that they stole was from uh, the Jupiter Ranch. And so he sent his kids to like kind of scare them. They had these like alien oh, yeah. masks on and they like showed up in like the horse stable. And OJ pulls out a flip phone with a camera. I didn't even know those existed. <laughs> <laughs> pulls out a pulls out a flip phone because I, at this point they still think the UFO is a ufo with like aliens inside right so they thought maybe it was like the aliens from the ship coming down 
Yeah. And as they start to come closer to him and he's videoing it, he's like, oh, no, nope. <laughs> so he like closes his camera and starts to walk out and like one of them pops up and he punches in the face. And you find out it's like a human, it's a prank. But yeah, I, I thought there were going to be more of those moments where they're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not doing this. Yeah. But but there were fewer of those moments that you would expect from a film titled Nope. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, also, I don't know if you noticed, but like later on, we got a glimpse of the alien mask and stuff that his kids were wearing. Like he sells mm-hmm. them at his amusement yeah. park. Yeah. So yeah, the film is really, it's definitely a cautionary tale to our society right now. where We're very, very much caught up in, you know, social media and the media and spectacles and train wrecks and the Trump family and the Kardashians and all these <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary things. But um, like we see kind of the first example is like Gordy. Why would you cast a chimp in a TV show about a family? Like, it's really unnecessary. It's really just for kind of the, like, gimmick of it all. Didn't, like, Urkel have a chimp for a minute? I exactly. Like I- but yeah. but why? Why oh, oh. cast these things other than, <laughs> you know, other than to make it a spectacle? Right. Um, you know, Jupiter, his shrine that he had in the back of his office that people would pay to come spend the night in the room of all the uh, ephemera from that tragic day. Yeah, that was creepy. Jupiter trying to add the UFO to his like theme park as an attraction. The Haywoods trying to capture, you know, the the UFO on film. The film director who is known for getting the impossible shot when he tries to go out in a blaze of glory, (laughs) (laughs) capturing this animal. And even the fact that the animal doesn't attack you unless you're looking at it, it's all kind of tied into how strong and powerful spectacle is. And it's interesting that OJ, his character, who's kind of withdrawn, a little sullen, he he himself doesn't really make eye contact with people. He, um, you know, seems a little timid and lacking self-confidence. Mm-hmm. And he's the, he's kind of the only one who chooses not to fully engage with the spectacle of everything. Like he's really uncomfortable kind of being the face of his father's business. Um, he has a flip phone and not a smartphone <laughs> like everyone else. <laughs> He doesn't like the spotlight and he kind of lives off the grid in comparison to his sister who, you know, goes into the city and only comes to the ranch, you know, every now and again. Yeah. There was, what did you say before the part about OJ? Because you mentioned the director, then there was something else, then there was OJ. Uh, I mentioned the director going out like in a blaze of glory. But then what was after that? uh, It doesn't attack you if you're not looking at it yes yes so and that's like a thing with a lot of animals too like Mm because they say like even like with dogs you don't know they're like they might see that as like a sign of aggression Mm -hmm. so um yeah i thought that was interesting and then also with the 
uh director uh antlers hoist or antlers host uh played by michael wincott i assume that he decided to do that because he knows that like the alien will you know throw back out like things that it can't digest so i assume he thinks that like his footage or his camera will you know get thrown back out and maybe we'll be able to have that footage i don't see why else you would do that (laughs) i thought so too but if you notice in the movie when emerald first calls him he's watching this footage of like a python eating a tiger yes so he's very like obsessed with kind of the spectacle of like apex predators Mm -hmm. consuming prey so that was kind of his chance to like really see firsthand an apex predator consume a prey and him being the prey. But I feel like, okay, if you want to experience that, but you don't think your camera's going to get spit back out, then you need to leave your camera safely on the ground <laughs> and then you I, get yourself I don't think. Up. I don't think that was his motivation. I think his motivation was to like go out in a blaze of glory, you know, like. I thought that initially too, like, oh, he's trying to do this so like he can capture footage and yeah. then it'll come back down, but that didn't happen. So I was like, well, well then why did he do it? <laughs> it had to yeah. be like his arrogance and like obsession with the spectacle. I of... mean, him I get, but again, the camera, like you can't take it with you. <laughs> so like, <laughs> you should have left that on the ground. You're losing your final footage. Right. But I guess they had it in the other camera as well. So the camera that um, Angel, the the tech guy, had. Yes, okay. Um, So another big theme is also kind of interactions. We touched on it a little bit. Interactions between humans and animals, but also interactions between people. The main one, humans and animals, I brought up, you know, people jumping fences at zoos (laughs) to, like, get closer to animals. Yeah. I remember when I was in Iceland, there was this like one beach that's like very notorious for having like very high, strong waves. Mm -hmm. And I mean, these things are probably like 15 feet tall. Oh, shit. And it has like a very strong undertow. And they have all of these signs on the beach, like, do not swim here. Don't come close. Stay away. Oh, wow. And I remember asking the tour guide, like, girl, duh. Like, (laughs) Like, these things look treacherous. And she was like, you would be surprised how many people die every year, even with these signs, because people just want to get that close to, like, take a picture. Oh, wow. So it's like this, this whole obsession with getting a perfect photo or just Mm. getting close to the waves is literally killing us (laughs) as a society so you saying that makes me think even more he thinks his camera is gonna get spit out (laughs) because it's like you're you're willing to die to get the the perfect picture but i mean I, i feel like i think about that like i'm doing nothing that risky but you know maybe like um like when I was in San Francisco, the little like double decker tour bus, and I might hold my camera up and it's windy, and I'm like, oh, like my camera could get blown out of my hand. <laughs> like, I mean, that's as risky as I'm like 
you know, gonna go to get like a good video or picture, but you're so right. People really like, I mean, I, I've, I've definitely heard about people like, um, you know, like the mountains and stuff, like falling off the edge because they were trying to get photos and shit. Like, I just, I mean, it'll, it'll be just as good a few feet back. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Didn't, didn't someone from the DMV recently fall into a volcano, like an active volcano trying to like recover their cell phone? I think they like dropped their cell phone. Into a volcano? Into a volcano. Kena. Well, the, the phone was going after that. I don't think, you know, like lava was overflowing. I think there was, you oh. know, but still, still <laughs> like this, yeah, this is the lengths people are going to like preserve their technology because he was trying to get a photo. Wow. That's insane. I mean, yeah, that's, that's very sad. Like, I don't want to make light of that, but like, I assume maybe this was like Hawaii or something. I know there's like, phone stores on the islands like <laughs> i'm not even saying that to be funny but like it's never worth it to like risk your life for something that is so you know it might be pricey but it's very easily replaceable whereas you are not true and i think that's kind of what's interesting about this movie because jordan's kind of asking the question like how far will we go in the name of like to get the the oprah shot before we say no this isn't a good idea <laughs> mm-hmm. let's like take a step back like yeah. think about all that emerald and oj went through in order to get this money shot yeah like the like last few scenes of the movie we think oj is dead because he is trying to like lure the ufo or the animal we now know that it's an animal away from his sister so that she can get away and like actually survive this whole ordeal and like y'all are literally doing this so that you can capture it on film yeah she's <laughs> kind of crazy and it's like y'all are gonna call in like i don't know the military like, like y'all thank you the fbi cia nobody, nobody. You no government agent. the air force like y'all are just like the three of us are gonna figure it out or i guess the four of us once the director came like we're gonna figure this out on our own with no kind of like physics training or you know like whatever like but again that it wasn't about like trying to stop it you're right (laughs) you're right you're just capturing it which is what i i can't i can't i can't relate to it like that my brain (laughs) just keeps trying to auto correct (laughs) because again i would have been gone Um. (laughs) another kind of heavy theme in the movie was definitely about like family relationships and maybe unresolved trauma mm. we Don't see have any of that <laughs> right <laughs> can't relate right. um so it's interesting that one there's no mother that they talk about with uh emerald and oj we only see their father he dies in like the first you know, a couple scenes of the movie and they don't really talk about him and his passing after that. Like you don't really see them kind of grieving for him. Mm-hmm. And when you, when you, when they do talk about him, it is kind of maybe some of the not so great things about him. 
So Emerald specifically, she talks about uh, this one horse called Jean Jacket, who they end up naming uh, the the UFO after. But Jean Jacket was supposed to be her horse. Her father had promised it to her and said, you were going to train him. And ultimately, she did not end up training Jean Jacket because somehow Jean Jacket got a role. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Jean Jacket was booked and busy, honey. (laughs) But wasn't trained. So I don't don't understand how that that works. But Jean Jacket got a role on Scorpion King. (laughs) And the father essentially took it away from her and instead brought OJ in to like help train the horse. And that was a really pivotal moment for her because she essentially like disengaged from the family business after that. Mm-hmm. You know, she was really energized and excited about it. It was very disappointed. And a lot of times in the movie, you really see like the dad's like, where's Emerald? Uh, we don't know. She's late to everything. <laughs> She doesn't really seem that interested in the business, but she's clearly like the charisma mm-hmm. of the business. And her and uh, OJ really have this tough dynamic where he wants her to be more responsible and engaged. And she's like, this is my side hustle. <laughs> I have all these <laughs> other things going on. And it really comes, the Jean Jacket story really comes full circle when OJ names the UFO Jean Jacket. And in those final scenes where he is trying to lure Jean Jacket away from his sister so that she can get away, he's just like, it's your time now. Like, essentially, like, passing the torch. Like, you need to figure this out and, like, show up for the family. And she ultimately, you know, rides away on a bike to Jupiter's uh, little amusement park. And that she releases this uh, balloon that attracts the animal and she ends up ultimately getting her money shot while the alien is trying to eat this uh huge balloon that is like in the shape (laughs) of a human (laughs) so it's really kind of a, a full circle moment where she is able to like reconcile what happened in her past but also get the opportunity to actually train and break jean jacket finally Mm. and i think it allows her to like reconcile all the resentment she had for her dad she never disliked her brother she definitely recognized that he was kind of in a rock and a hard place yeah and she clearly like very much loved him and wanted to be around him but it's an interesting family story and how they reconcile a lot of their differences like even OJ you can see that he lived in his dad's shadow he didn't feel like he could live up to his legacy and he as the movie goes on he like builds his confidence and is able to like figure out what's happening and pretty much save everybody yeah and get the money shot (laughs) yeah and I forget because I mentioned earlier like she it says like about scorpion king uh kind of being what um you know strained her relationship with her dad i forgot that jean jacket had been booked for scorpion king <laughs> that was that that's right which of all the movies that jordan <laughs> peele could have picked why is it scorpion king <laughs> 
<laughs> and and I, they and they said they didn't even use end up using horses in the film. They ended up using right. camels. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think did she say something like it did like the movie didn't even do that well or something? Oh yeah, it was the worst of like yeah. that franchise. <laughs> Oh, that's right. That was like a mummy spinoff, right? Yes. yes. Ah, completely forgot. Yeah. And then also, like you mentioned, like the big balloon that the alien eats. Mm-hmm. And I wonder like what, like, I wonder like, because like, obviously it's not a dog, but you know, like dogs <laughs> will like sniff stuff and they know like this is edible, this is not. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. I want this. Like, I wonder, like, how the alien, um, I don't know, like, decided on, like, what it wanted to eat. Obviously, it liked people. It liked horses. It did not like the fake horse. Um, oh, well, you know what? I think I just answered my own question because it <laughs> did suck up the fake horse. So I guess it can't tell until it actually, like, swallows if it's real or not right so never and mind then, and him <laughs> swallowing it it popped the balloon which is helium so <gasps> exploded. oh my god oh my god what? i <laughs> forgot that when the the big the big cowboy balloon popped inside the alien right uh-huh and it was a balloon pop that set off gordy yeah that's oh my god okay yeah. wow okay so yes full circle okay so if we're to believe the film that spectacle is bad monetizing spectacle is even worse and if ricky is a cautionary tale to you know him having that life-changing experience with gordy and then him you know pretty much monetizing that for the rest of their lives what does that say about og and emerald moving forward because now they've got their money shot. Now they're about to monetize it and make, you know, that their legacy. Are they going to be doomed? I mean, I, they might be okay. I would move to a different area. <laughs> <laughs> They'll probably be fine. <laughs> and the other good thing, too, is like, because she only had the pictures of that little uh, Will photo booth thing. But mm-hmm. the news reporters were there. So yeah. she has witnesses too. So, you know, because um, I feel like that could easily be like, oh, you know, these pictures are fake, but like people witnessed it. So, yeah, I would, you know, get that bread, get that. Well, I mean, they're not getting ahead, but, you know, and leave. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, get that bread, get that lid, then leave. I don't, I don't know what to put there, but. Yeah, like I, I would sell. I mean, you went through all this, sell the fucking pick. You could get Haywood's horses going again, and you could move to uh, I don't know, uh, San Diego. I, I don't know, get the fuck <laughs> out of wherever you are now. <laughs> Another interesting point I saw online is people were questioning if OJ was alive at the end of the film. I saw that too. Because at the end, he's kind of in this, like, you know, misty cloud outside of uh, the Jupiter Ranch. And there is, he's, so, let me rewind. Before that, he is luring the the animal away from his sister so that she can get away. She's on an electric bike. 
that this TMZ reporter showed up in out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) And almost ruined everything. So, so the, the animal kind of creates like a, a dead space anytime he's like in the area or like directly over you. So his sister was on an electric bike. She couldn't move and get away. So he drew it away from him and he was staring directly at it. And usually if you look at it, it's gonna, you know, consume you. Mm-hmm. But then at the end of the movie, we see him, but he's in this cloud of mist. And then there's a kind of a heading or awning or entrance to the park says out yonder, which, you know, we all know out yonder, out in the pasture is kind of a euphemism for being in the great beyond, mm-hmm. <laughs> not being, you know, on this earth anymore. So people were speculating, is 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 he gone? And if he isn't dead, why didn't Jean Jacket kill him? Yeah, I saw that too. And if that's true, then that messes up your theory of no black people. (laughs) 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 And also, I just, I don't know. I just want to believe that he made it. So I refuse to engage. Um, (laughs) And, you know, maybe he waited for her to get far enough away. And then he looked down real quick and (laughs) Jean Jacket flew away. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I guess we'll never really know. Yeah. I I hate stuff like that. Like, I hate not having finite answers. Like, that really drives <laughs> me crazy. Oh, yes. Another burning question for me was, why did Jean Jacket wait so long to, like, reveal itself? Like, he'd been hovering in that valley for like six months before he even like killed someone where did he come from and what what was the catalyst that started his killing spree yeah where'd you come from where'd you go (laughs) hot night joe Um, uh that's a really good question because yeah then like i'm like a little blurry on this because again like it's been a couple weeks but like why did jean jackets like shape change that that is actually an interesting question as well because yes he was this like flying disc saucer for Mm -hmm. the majority of the movie and in the last like 10 minutes he became (laughs) this like kind of beautiful butterfly ribbony thing i did see that in a couple analyses that his final form was like a biblical reference to like angels. I don't know. I don't know the verse. <laughs> Clearly we're know. not well versed on <laughs> biblical things. <laughs> but, but I wondered that too, because even in the beginning, remember they showed kind of that um, after they showed the, uh, the Bible verse, they showed this like imagery of a square and it looked kind of just like a black hole kind of void mm-hmm. and then that square ends up being almost like the heart or brain of this animal oh that, yeah you know kind of it's like really beautiful at the end once it transforms into its i don't know true self <laughs> <laughs> it like it's like kind of this like pulsating green thing that's you know pretty mesmerizing it's very mesmerizing to look at after its top model makeover. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Your best picture from the After week. it 
drops that uh you know freshman 15 <laughs> hey body positivity nothing wrong <laughs> with a freshman 15 <laughs> but that is true I don't, I don't know why it it changed other than to be more like mesmerizing and almost mm. beautiful <laughs> <laughs> it wanted to be a bad bitch <laughs> Like if you try to take my picture, then I mean, oh wow! <laughs> baby, say less. Let me get cute. <laughs> Do you have any uh, other thoughts or burning questions about the movie? So I just wanted to go back really quickly to the jockey in um edward moy bridges uh the horse in motion who's supposed to be their great 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 grandfather Mm -hmm. so you know i'm a history nerd so i got deep (laughs) into this story i had seen that image before Uh but i didn't really know anything about it or that it was you know the first uh arguably the first motion picture so i looked it up and uh, so the horse in motion, it's also known as uh, Sally Gardner at a gallop. So Sally Gardner is the horse's name. So we know the horse was the horse's name. No. So, okay. Horse in motion is, I think, what they said the video is called. Mm-hmm. But that was shot in 1878. And it was projected on screen in 1880, making it the earliest known motion picture exhibition. So they call it that Nope, but what they actually showed in Nope is um, it's also Edward Moybridge, but it's Annie G. Galloping, aka Plate 26, or sorry, Plate 626. And they use that because that uh, it's a cl- it's more clear. And it's better quality than um, like the real horse in motion or Sally Gardner at a gallop. So, (laughs) (laughs) so these are two separate images that Moybridge made. Uh, So horse in motion came first. Okay. But it's not as clear. And so people think the jockey in horse in motion could be black, but you can't tell for sure. Hmm. but the one that's used in the movie which is not actually horse in motion it's plate 626 also known as annie g galloping annie g the horse Hmm. that one's clearer so that's you know i think why they use in the movie and that uh jockey is oh crap what is his name oh man he's it's g sebus the jockey <laughs> hold on a second it's gonna take me too long to find it but you can google though it's 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 g it's like g, do your googles yeah do your googles it's g something i can't remember the last name so we don't have a full name for that jockey but um they found that there was like someone who was working for um Moy Bridge was working with the, I think he was the governor of California at that time. And his last name is Stanford. And so there was someone named G whatever, who was working on Stanford's farm at the time. So it may be him. 
Hmm. but we don't know for sure but yeah so what was used in the movie is not the actual horse in motion film oh yeah but (laughs) interesting random backstory on moybridge a few years before he shot horse in motion he was married to a woman 20 years his junior found out she was having an affair with a friend with one of his friends so he um went to the guy allegedly said i have a message from my wife and shot the man dead oh yeah yeah um so wow yeah a murderer (laughs) (laughs) yes cold heart murderer so he was on trial and he apparently had had a stagecoach accident and so his lawyers were like oh you know he's not in his right mind it's because of the accident so he actually got off for yeah yeah and apparently even before he had pleaded insanity the jury was going to let him off because they were like yeah like reason reasonable crime so (laughs) um so yeah that's you know his background and (laughs) the um tmz guy who comes up on the motorcycle with the like daft punk reflective Uh helmet his that that character's name is Ryder Moybridge, spelled exactly like Edward Moybridge. Like the real person you're saying in the in the movie. Like, like yeah, so the character in the movie, the TMZ guy. Mm-hmm. That character's name is Ryder R R Y D E R Moybridge, and Moybridge mm-hmm. is spelled exactly like Edward Moybridge. Interesting. Yeah, so we'll we'll nod to him there. Oh, thank you for that uh that history lesson <laughs> you're welcome i would never know that <laughs> i found it very interesting obviously okay <laughs> um and i'll ask you like so do you believe in aliens or you know extra to re- wait what's the word extraterrestrials yeah yeah uh oh. life on other planets etc i mean it's got to be out there right like i i don't i think it's a a real possibility for sure um have we seen them I don't, I don't know but we also don't know if this thing was a ufo it could have been like a primitive being like we don't yeah, really know that's true um but yeah i definitely you know the universe is massive like <laughs> we literally don't know what's out there yeah. <laughs> so i think it's it's a very real possibility you know I wouldn't be surprised if parallel universes were a thing. And thanks to Hollywood, they have like really made me believe that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think Kamisha the different universe is doing? I hope she's happy, you know. Happy. <laughs> <laughs> like I hope she's vibing and thriving. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I hope she's, you know, living her wealthy white woman fantasy <laughs> wherever wherever she is. Now, why can't she live a wealthy black woman fantasy? Well, you know, you're right. I don't know what Earth 11 is like. So. Yeah. <laughs> we, we might. Maybe maybe the blacks are on top there. Yeah. Or what What if I'm a white person in another, another universe? Oh, you know what touches on that? Did you ever see Cloud Atlas? No, I've been meaning to. I have the book and the movie. They're both very long. I think... <laughs> kind of shit on that movie but i loved it 
because it was like i mean and like there were some kind of like dicey things because like you know it stars tom hanks and halle berry and there's parts where you know they play different races like i remember at one point like halle berry is here she's an asian i think she's an asian man at one point hmm. and so you know people are like oh like is this yellow face is like tom hanks and black face you know like whatever and like i'm clearly not the authority on that but i just think it's like it's a very I think it's a very interesting idea. And I think even if they did not switch races, like it would still be a very interesting idea. Um, but it kind of makes me think of like what you're, what you're talking about. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm a man in another, yeah. another universe. Maybe I'm a drag queen. I don't, I don't know. Oh my God. You would live. <laughs> I definitely would. I think I'm, <laughs> I think I am somewhere. I'm a drag queen. Um, I am the Shakele of somebody's planet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I feel I haven't thought as much about parallel universes, but just <laughs> in regard, I feel the exact same way. Like the universe is way too huge for there to not be life anywhere else. But I feel like we might have. And I mean, some of it might be based in reality because who knows what the fuck is going on at Area 51. But <laughs> um, I think in general, like, we kind of... I don't of- think shit because Trump would have told us by now. He can't hold water. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, like, I feel like we have this idea because of movies, because of TV, like oh there's this intelligent life out there and they're gonna come and attack us people there's probably somebody in another galaxy and they're just as much a dumbasses as we are and they're like they're sitting watching whatever their equivalent of tv is not doing shit thinking the same thing about us like yeah but i i think there's and even if it's not like human like like i feel like there's something like animals or you know like there's something on other planets like there's no way there's not oh yeah some kind of plant life amoeba exactly yeah um maybe the dinosaurs exist somewhere else i'm sure probably even shit we've never even you know like avatar type shit (laughs) yeah this sounds like such a high conversation of like we haven't (laughs) Like we are under the influence of nothing except for like a little bit of wine. So, <laughs> See, this this is the influence of TV and film, right? <laughs> on our imagination, under the influence of Jordan Peele. Yes, <laughs> but I really like the movie. It kind of gave me like uh, M Night Shyamalan vibes in the beginning. I was like, yeah. oh, I don't know what this is about to be, but i thoroughly enjoyed it i enjoyed it a lot it um yeah i don't like horror movies i don't like being scared (laughs) and this is like usually jordan peele does it to my comfort level so i enjoyed it yeah i'm curious to see what he puts out next me too and i think it it put kiki in a new light for me i haven't watched many things with her in it um i think she's a great you know actress she was funny she brought a lightness and a levity yeah uh, to the film 
I enjoyed her in this film. I'm I'm interested to see what she does next after this. Yeah, thank you for bringing that up. I did want to mention. Uh, I mean, I thought everybody did a phenomenal job in their roles. I really the new like well, I don't know if he's a newcomer, but I wasn't familiar with Brandon Perea before mm-hmm. who played mm-hmm. Angel. I loved him. I thought he was. I did great. too. I did um, too. Because I thought he was going to be super annoying. <laughs> it's like such an endearing character. But yes, Kiki. Oh my God. Like, I feel like this is, um, you know, I hope this is a launch pad for her with her career and what she does next. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything else about Nope? Uh, nope. <laughs> <laughs> Very well played. <laughs> Oh my gosh. What do you have your eyes on these last few weeks or upcoming weeks? So we talked about rap shit uh, Mm -hmm. in our last episode. I just wanted to say it gets funnier every episode. (laughs) (laughs) It does. Because we talked about the first three episodes, but that fourth episode, I was like in tears. Like I thought it was so funny. That was the one where um where Duke was like trying to get them into parties and stuff. Oh yeah. Yes. And then this last one where they went to New York. Uh I thought that one was really well. Like, oh cotton fuck cliff. This was the one time that I actually really enjoyed the like social media aspect of it. Cause when he was going yes. on his live, people in the comments were like, You're gonna regret this. Not a good look. Yeah. Is he about to cry? <laughs> <laughs> I love I enjoyed that commentary. And I think somebody was talking to Kid Fury's character and they were like, Somebody call his mom. And he was like, I'm trying to get in touch with her or something. <laughs> but yes it was it was perfect for this and maybe it's part of his like getting used to the formatting but i thought it worked really well <laughs> poor fatima was like what are you doing this isn't you and then she kind of stray <laughs> trying yeah. to be a good person <laughs> yeah fatima <laughs> so i finally finished uh season four of stranger things Duh finally <laughs> right i know i'm i'm very very late uh but i uh, yeah i really enjoyed it and i think that was kind of like how everything in stranger things is like connected i think that's kind of what i was like expecting in nope like with gordy and like you know everything but mm. not, not the same but yeah i really enjoyed it i hope they like don't take too long to come back out with the new ones These kids about to be 30 <laughs> right it's it's getting real awkward the way they're aging <laughs> <laughs> i mean i feel like right now like they still kind of look like you know awkward teenagers so i feel like it still works um mm-hmm. but yeah they uh they they need to have this out by like next year i took your recommendation and started watching oh. run the world on <laughs> darts uh-huh. and i completely disagree with you and i am team harlem <laughs> not and not to say run the world it's int- like the storyline is entertaining but i it's like harlem the same storyline <laughs> maybe that's why it's entertaining but yeah i just i like the characters in harlem a lot more i think 
I'm the opposite. I the Harlem girls were insufferable. <laughs> I feel me. I feel that way about Run the World girls, <laughs> except for uh, Brisha Webb's character. Uh, well, I guess we'll have to agree to disagree. Yeah, but I mean, you know, that's what we're still supporting both shows, and that's what makes yeah. the world go around. So I do really enjoy how, like, the beginning of each episode, they have that picture of like a like mm-hmm. nineteen like teens to like 1970s picture black women mm-hmm. and they like colorize i really enjoy that a lot yeah and then lastly i started real housewives ultimate girls trip season two there's a season two yeah they've dubbed it uh ex-wives club because it's all women who are no longer on real housewives so is needy on it <laughs> no you know Nini is uh out for Andy's head so no she is not on oh, it yeah that's true so from Atlanta we have Phaedra and Eva God. which like I don't know why we're still like trying to make Phaedra happen like I feel like she should kind of be like I don't know blacklisted for a while because of what she did Mm-mm. yeah like, I mean no, that's a pretty not. big deal again monetization of spectacle <laughs> she, was, she was also on a brief episode of, Real of, Housewives dubai. of dubai yeah for what reason yeah Te- teasing like she might move to dubai but you ain't moving to no motherfucking dubai <laughs> <laughs> well that's what i heard people say like she's trying to gun to be a cast member on uh dubai nah i, I don't even think they need her i think dubai is fine without her I mean, I agree. Like, I don't need to see Phaedra on any shows. Like, I'm so, I still feel very angry about what she did. So I'm good with not seeing her on anything. Phaedra was always fake as fuck. Yes! <laughs> like, Fei-Fei was fake. That, like, Southern, like, no shade to people from Georgia, but sometimes <laughs> they just, like, because, I mean, we're Southern, but, like, sometimes people from Georgia just, like, overdo it with, like, oh, well, I do declare. And, like, I'm such a Southern belle. Like, it's the same thing with Sutton on Beverly Hills. Like, her <laughs> tagline is, like, if you want to have a seat at my table, you best mind your manners. Like, what? Ooh, this is an antebellum South. Right. Oh, right. <laughs> everything sounds like fucking i don't know dixie like it's just like you're okay you're southern we get it so yeah i just i feel that way about phaedra but um so yeah phaedra faked her pregnancy timeline (laughs) like we're just gonna forget that we're gonna gloss over i'm not she she lied because she had that child at a wedding. <laughs> she was conceived before she was made. I have not forgotten that at TikTok. It's not forgotten that. <laughs> there are so many videos of uh her at that little luncheon or whatever where she's like, oh, chat, I got the I got to get this baby out of me. <laughs> at, at her at her baby shower. She was lying about her <laughs> <laughs> well, her whole baby shower. Everybody was like, well, how far along are you? And she was like, well, I'm about 32 weeks. And they were like, is that safe? And she was <laughs> like, yeah, the, the baby said he's, or the doctor said the baby's, I shouldn't say fully, fully made, but something like, yeah, the baby's like all done. <laughs> um, 
I'm like, Terrible. girl, just just say you had sex where you got married. It's fine. You're like 35. But yeah, so it's the two of them, Dorinda from New York. It's actually at Dorinda's house, uh, which is in the Berkshires of Massachusetts. So it's like it's like a vacation home, I guess. Um, and it was funny because somebody I can't remember who it was, but they were like, the girls last season got to go to the Turks at Caicos. And we're at <laughs> Dorinda's house. <laughs> so you know um, you ain't the top bill. <laughs> I mean, I guess once you get kicked off, they, they ain't paying for all that. Um, different. <laughs> right. Jill Zarin from New York. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, what's her name? Vicky Gumvelson and uh, Tamara Judge from OC, and oh. then Brandy Glanville and Taylor. I don't know her last name from Beverly Hills. Oh, yeah, like messy mix. It is like I mean they couldn't even get through the first day without drama. So, <laughs> which is crazy because I feel like I mean last season had Ramona on it, and I feel like they were able to at least from what i remember i feel like they got through the first day but um the other weird thing about uh season two is like everybody's like very horny like (laughs) it's yeah like i feel like like brandy's trying to like sleep with somebody before she leaves and like dorinda like they did like a clam bake and like lobster seafood boil the first night and wow. so Dorinda was showing everybody how to correctly crack like a whole lobster. And she took a piece and like fed <laughs> it to Phaedra. And she was like, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to like see that lobster between her like luscious lips or something. Like that. Gross. The energy is very fucking weird. Like this season is very weird. But anyways, <laughs> I'm, I'm like on episode three. <laughs> um, What you got your eyes on? Um, uh, as I said at the top of the show, I've been watching my girl Seema from Mumbai on Indian Matchmaker season mm-hmm. two on Netflix. Uh, this season's a little different than the first one. It, oddly, Seema is, I feel like, more of a background player. Like, oh. people are kind of like some people that were on season one that like didn't find love are back on season two, but they're not using her. <laughs> But we're still like following their story of like them trying to find love. Oh. And I don't know if you remember, um, she was real like nails on a chalkboard, uh, season one. Her name was a Aperna. She was like um very opinionated. Um was she the one I remember like was this the girl who was kind of like bougie and she went out with that one really nice guy? And then Seema ended up hooking him up with the girl who was from Guyana. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. But this girl, she was very intense. Okay. Very intense. (laughs) Like, (laughs) distinctive from her season. And Seema was not able to find her a match (laughs) because she was very particular and extremely intense. And we see her, like, being the exact same on this season her like trying to find love on her own Mm -hmm. and it's I don't know she's a little frustrating to watch because I'm just like you didn't watch yourself 
season one <laughs> like where's the like awareness <laughs> where's the therapy where's the individual work <laughs> i'm i'm almost positive i know who you're talking about because there was one woman who i could not stand on the show yes. so i think it's it has to be that person yeah i was gonna say if this show had a villain she was definitely it yeah <laughs> <laughs> um but it's it's still enjoyable i i feel like this first season was better than the second the second's a little slow moving for me so far okay but it's a very different format because you're seeing people who couldn't get matched in season one and them still like on their own journey and i'm like i want to see some success stories girl like you kind of like oh for (laughs) (laughs) right why are we still coming to you (laughs) (laughs) right i just see some results (laughs) And she does seem to be, I know some of the criticism of season one was that she was very much like old, antiquated. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that she had, you know, kind of very strict rules for like women going through this process as opposed to men. And she seems to be a little more relaxed on that other than she does keep telling people, you're not going to get everything you want. You're too picky. (laughs) You need to like be a little more flexible and open to the process without being so like negative in the way she was the first season. Oh, that's good. I think she's definitely responded to the backlash or Netflix has ended out. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of it to get in front of the backlash right i've also been watching this show on hbo max called industry and it's it's in its second season and it's about like the financial you know kind of wall street wealth management um arena but it stars like a young black girl who goes to work for this like really prestigious firm in london and so the first season is like her and her internship mm-hmm. at at the the firm, and the second season is her like actually is like an associate and working. So it follows um, this young woman. Her name's Harper on the show. It follows mm-hmm. Harper Stern. It follows her cohort of interns and kind of where they all end up after this first year. Um, spoiler alert. Uh, something really tragic happens in the first season where someone in the, their cohort, cohort, <laughs> cohort, <laughs> in their cohort um, dies while on the job because, you know, they have to work like extremely long hours. He like wasn't sleeping. He was taking, you know, like uppers and he had a heart attack. Yeah. It's interesting because Harper is this like young black girl from the U.S. The fi- the actual firm is in London, and there's oh. this she's like blue collar, you know, pretty much you know working very hard to like get where she is, and it's like trying very hard to like prove herself. Mm-hmm. And then there's this like rich white girl who's British, who is like comes from money, very well connected, and also is struggling for respect and recognition in the firm but she goes about it in a very different way like Mm -hmm. harper is very like cutthroat uh you know it's clearly like very industry minded and like you have to be like very uh cunning in this industry yeah and the young white girl 
tends to use like her family connection as her way into like getting clients and accounts. She also uses her sexuality to advance. And it's just very interesting. I mean, it's called industry and it shows kind of how people play the industry in order to get respect and like succeed. Mm, Yeah. So I've been watching that. There's only like, I think like three episodes of this second season, but it's been, it's been good. It's, uh, it's very different than the first. I think the first was much darker (laughs) than the second season has been bearing out to be. Okay. But I would highly recommend if you're into like that, like I find myself, like, I don't understand like most of what they're talking about. (laughs) Most of it, like, you know, Wall Street, like I don't, it's all like kind of manufactured drama and like um manufactured uh what's the word I'm looking for like uh urgency mm-hmm. you know how like if you're like shopping online and then you close a window and then you'll get an email like hurry up the things in your cart are about to sell oh, out yeah like it's very much that energy <laughs> all the time <laughs> that sounds exhausting <laughs> to, to me like watching it it is I'm just like how can you be on edge like all the time over yeah. like stocks that like none of it's real? Right. Right. <laughs> it's all made up stuff that you're <laughs> like assigning value to. I don't get it, but it's interesting if you're into it. I do find the show interesting and like what they're trying to say about mm. the industry is interesting. Back in the power universe, uh raising Canaan, that is the <laughs> <laughs> it is in its second season. Um, I decided to watch mainly this season because Latoya Luckett, the you know yeah. former member of Destiny's Child, is a new cast member on it. So I think she's gonna. She plays the mother of this girl who like sings and has a beautiful voice, like mm-hmm. very beautiful voice. Um, so I'm interested to see if Latoya is gonna give us a little, you know, do what pop. <clears throat> in there it went pop. <laughs> a little torn in between the two yeah that's what, <laughs> that's what i'm hoping for i like latoya luckett i do too um and lastly i've been watching grownish on the cw no no oh, I forgot about it that's an abc CW. family what is it abc family What's the, it? i have been called that years it's called free form <laughs> thank you free form. <laughs> i could not remember <laughs> So this season, it follows Junior and his uh, journey to college. And in the last couple of episodes, Junior is pledging a fraternity, which I was pretty surprised that that like pledging or like fraternity and sorority life didn't come up with Zoe. Um, But it's nice to see it come up with Junior and kind of the male perspective on that, Um, him and diggy what's his name on the show i can't remember uh daniel no daniel's his real name doug doug yes so he's joining the fraternity that doug is in so it's nice did we know doug was in a fraternity no (laughs) we did not (laughs) but apparently he was (laughs) it's nice to see the like um the male perspective of college like the black male perspective so you've got junior and you've got doug and aaron who are like post-college but still like dealing with the struggles of what it's like to be like freshly out of college Mm -hmm. um so i've been i've been 
enjoying Gronish. Is he giving you flashbacks to when you crossed the burning sands? <laughs> <laughs> um, not quite. It's a little different type of experience, male versus female. But okay. I think it was nice that, like, you know, Junior's always kind of been, like, a nerd. And so he, like, yeah. found acceptance with these people, which, you know, is kind of the beauty of these types of organizations is finding your people and people that are accepting of you mm-hmm. um, so that's that's nice for him well yeah please follow us on social media we are on instagram and facebook at tewwtv podcast and we are on twitter and tiktok at their eyes we're watching tv all one word And as always, we encourage you to uh, subscribe and rate us on um, (laughs) Instagram, on (laughs) Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And you can listen to us on those two platforms. Um, Also Pandora, iHeartRadio, and Podbean. And yeah, Uh, do you have anything else, Cam? Uh, No, I do not. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening and we will catch you on the flip side, player. Bye-bye.